Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, it's been a while since we've been here, and uh, honestly, our life's been crazy. Um, you know, we've been shorthand in the office, so that cut out Wednesdays when we did our podcast, and I am not saying we haven't had time to sit down and do a podcast because we have and we've chose other things, but it's one of those things to where this morning it was kind of like, okay, I'm kind of missing it. And, uh, so I wanted to come to you because we're, we're in a real period of waiting and, um, you know, we have been and things aren't, aren't really going the way we want it to or what we expect it to. And, you know, really trying to stay focused on what's truly going on here. And that, that's a struggle because we, we number one, want what we want when we want it, which is now. Um, but the other thing is, um, we're not sure always that God's got the best plan. Maybe, maybe our plan's better. And, you know, I'm not saying that in every instant, but I am saying when your mind's thinking through things, it's kind of like, Oh God, if we had this, or if we got this closed this week, or if this got resolved this week and you know, God's got the perfect plan. And, and so, I mean, to a point where we haven't been struggling, really, it's just continual disappointments or expectations not happening. And, and, you know, I was thinking this morning in, in just marriage and what, what does that look like? How do we, you know, when something bad happens in a marriage, we expect it to be resolved immediately, you know, uh, and it, it takes time. It's not an automatic done in two days and, um, everything's back better than it's ever been. It's, it's really a time of waiting and seeking God. And that's kind of where we've been and in just life in general, nothing specific in the sense of it's not one thing, it's, it's a bunch of things. And so, you know, really kind of coming today and I was listening to a podcast, not a podcast, a TikTok. Yes, I'm a TikToker. I do listen to pastors on TikTok and, and there's some really great content and there's some really horrible content. It's kind of like the rest of your, our lives. But, um, you know, he said that Noah worked on the ark for 120 years and no one repented in that time. And, and you think about that, you know, we think about waiting. We've been waiting really about three, four months on our biggest thing, three, two months on another thing. I mean, there's a three or four weeks on another thing. So, I mean, we, we've had a period of waiting, but you know, Imagine how Noah was when God said, build the ark. It's going to take 120 years. Everybody in the world's going to laugh at you and think it's fun, you know, that you're an idiot for waiting, waiting on God's perfect timing. And my real curious question is, how long did he have the ark done before it flooded? Because even if you're focusing on building it, you know what God's going to have you build but then once it's done, my curiosity in my head is, I wonder how long he sat there and thought, okay, God, got an ark built in the middle of a desert. When is the water coming? 
so I, I, you know, just in this period of waiting, whether it be, um, we've, we've got a house we're possibly buying. We've got an insurance, big insurance claim that we don't know anything about. Um, you, you know, it's like when you start looking at things and then you say, what's, what is our head telling us that God's not telling us because that's what frustrates us is not what God said. It's what our head has told us or what Satan's told us or whatever's in our head when it doesn't happen. It's like, oh, this is horrible. No, it's really not. No one less lost an arm or a leg and no one died, but we have to wait. And I don't know, you just feel like it's, you know, when's this ever going to happen? And I think back of our marriage problems, you know, there was a lot of those days to where it was like, is this ever going to be better? Because as humans, we're very short-minded in how long we keep in our mind what God's done for us. We tend to, once it's happened, give us about three weeks, that blessing's dismissed or that miracle may hang around a little longer, but then we get to doubting God again. So, I mean, that's just kind of what was on my head this morning is, you know, when, when you're dealing with things in life and when you've got problems or you've got things you're waiting on God to answer, or you know, God's going to answer it, but you'd like, you're not trying to push God, but you'd like him to hurry every little, every little chance he gets. Um, and then, then how we can turn that against God of God, why have you left me? And, and this applies to life in general, not just marriage, not just anything, but then that affects your marriage because then you're pissy because God hasn't done this. And you're pouting or stomping around or moody or whatever you want to call it, whatever the proper term in your house is, because God didn't didn't feel your expectations in the time you expected it. And so it's kind of one of those things that even though you may be completely in God's will, following God's will, when is your tantrums? creating problems for God's will. Well, and for me, it's been, um, I confess that I have not waited well. And um, just when we think a door is going to open, it it shuts. And I would like to tell you that I have depended on God and relied on God and gone to his word and sought him and prayed and did all the spiritual things that we're supposed to do. Um, but I haven't. I have thrown a fit. I have been moody. I've been frustrated. I've been cranky. Um, and so I guess the thing is, what what does waiting in the waiting look like? You know, and I've really kind of been searching that out. Um, You know, God is always working and always um, moving. And yet, because things haven't gone my way, I haven't really sought Him or 
watched where he was working. I would say that I am. And the study that I'm doing currently encourages us me to do that. But in the frustration of the moment, honestly, God is not my first thought. It's, you know, well, poor pitiful me, or why is this happening, or whatever the case may be. And forgetting that God's plan is perfect, that God um, has a reason for everything. His plan is not to harm us. Um, he wants only what's best for us. And I guess, do I really believe that? You know, I know it says it in God's word, but do I really believe it? Um, because the way that I'm acting doesn't necessarily show that I truly believe that. And so it's going through a um, molding process. And, you know, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the verse, you know, God's the potter, we're the clay. Um, and really, it's been a lot of molding and chiseling for me. And I can't say that I've been the most pliable um, piece of clay because I've, I want to go my direction or move my way. And all the time, he's squeezing and molding and shaping me into who he wants me to be. Um, and it's a process, you know, it is a, um, it's not easy, but yet in the end, which we can't see, who are we going, who we're going to be is much better than who we are now. It's a learning process. It's a process that has to be gone through if you are wanting to grow in Christ. If you are wanting to get closer to him and know him more, he's got to shape you and mold you because you can't be that perfect piece of clay or the final product without him molding and shaping and refining you. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I think everybody gets that way. I, I don't know of anyone who doesn't. Um just really struggling with, God, are you ever going to show up? And I think if you don't stop and look at those times and really see where God's at, um, because Susan's exactly right. You know, God's doing stuff in the background that we have no idea about what he's doing, what this looks like, who he's preparing that we don't even know needs to be prepared. But yet, it's we get into the now time of why, and, and we get very specific. God can bless us with great deposits at work, you know, work or whatever, but yet if we don't get what we want and what we're praying for, it's kind of like, God's not there. Wonder if he's ever going to do anything. Okay, God's just done a lot. But, and that's what one of the guys I work with, I keep keep coming back to with him is, where is God already blessing you that you don't appreciate? And, and you may be waiting on your marriage right now. You may be waiting on God to do something in your marriage. And it's kind of like, God, I'm really kind of tired of waiting. I wish you'd fix them or fix this or whatever the case may be. Um, 
But I think not focusing on what God's already doing for you on a daily basis and throwing a fit about the the huge things. I mean, marriage problems are huge. You know, uh, buying a house, this insurance claim's huge. There, there's a lot of huges in our mind. But are we really looking for God to change us? And, and or are we just looking for God to do what we want? And I think that's a valid question because I think we we tend to get, everyone tends to get more focused on what we're wanting than what God's doing. Because if it's not a huge miracle God's doing bigger than us getting this house closed, well, then really was it that big of a deal? Well, and I think, like, for me, I just, you know, in my in my mind, you know, and David and I have talked about it, so if we both agree that this is a great plan, then it must be a really good plan. Right. You know, I mean, both of us are in agreement that this is how it's going to go. If we close on this date, we can do this, we can do that, we can have this done, we can do that, we can have people over at this time, and all these plans that we conjure up in our head, and... For us, God has said, no, it's not going to happen on your timeline. Um, And it's frustrating in the sense of our plans, our expectations have just gotten squashed. And there's really nothing we can do about it because we can't make it happen. We can't make it close any quicker. We're waiting on attorneys, and that's a whole other podcast in itself. But... um, so we, and I feel like he's like, okay, what are you going to do with this waiting time? And I feel like I have failed him so badly in this waiting time. And, but what I've also learned in this process is we have expectations that we expect to be made, met. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had journaled that you know, I have expect, you know, I expect David to help me around the house. I expect him to help with laundry or when the trash is overflowing and you put the last piece of trash in and you can't shut the trash can. My expectation is you would take the trash bag out and take it outside. Well, that's an expectation that apparently I'm the only one that sees. And so then I get mad and frustrated And God really checked me on, do you ask him for help? And the answer is no, because he sees that the trash can is overflowing just like I do. And God kind of said, you can't get mad if you don't ask him. He doesn't see things the way that you see things. Things don't bother him the way that that it bothers you. So it's like we set these expectations on all these things. We expected this house to close on Monday and it didn't for whatever reason so okay we have to adjust and just accept the fact or you know we can't really ask for help in this particular case but it's just like we set these expectations expecting things to happen that we really have no control over and just like with your spouse if you're expecting them to do something and you don't speak to them about it or ask them about it or have a conversation with them about it, they cannot read your mind. 
That's been a tough lesson. It seems really obvious, but it's true. How many times do you think, well, he should be doing this or she should be doing this, but you don't say, hey, could you help me with the laundry? Could you help me do this? They are totally clueless to the fact that the laundry basket is overflowing. When if you would just ask, generally, in my case, he's more than willing to help. I just have to ask. And I think that's, you know, what God's teaching me right now is I'm not really good at asking for help. And I've had lots of people offer to help when we do close on the house to help, you know, get it to where it's livable. And part of me just really cringes on, on the fact that, oh, I want to do it myself. And I'm sure there's something very deep inside of me that I'm God's trying to work with me on. But um, setting expectations, you're only going to be disappointed. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, you know, it's kind of like the trash. If if I haven't pressed it down, now if I press it down, and it's full. I'll I've emptied it. That's no big deal. But if I don't press it down, if there's room for it. I leave it. <laughs> I I mean, and but. It's kind of one of those things, and Susan brought up a great point, and and I know I struggle with it, and I know she struggles with it. If something's going on with you and your spouse, they are not mind readers. They will not automatically say, oh, hey, I read your mind and now you want to change this or I could help you here or do this. Because, I mean, there's a list I could give on Susan as well where she doesn't read my mind and I'm kind of pissed off about it half the time. But I'm not going to say anything. Out of fear, out of this, or I expect or whatever. And I think that's one of the traps that Satan loves to get us into is this story in our head without a conversation. And I know in the past we've talked about this a lot, just between me and her, of how you can get so mad over something that they've never said no to. Or they said no to five years ago. And so, well, that's just just that. And, you know, granted, the conversation may not go great, but at least it's out in the open. At least now you've gave them a chance for God to work. And, and I, you know, without it, you're just condemning them. And you're judging them because they dot, dot, dot. I mean, we all do it. There's not a marriage out there that there isn't something. And normally we try to dismiss it as no big deal. And some of them are, but some of them are bigger. Um, you know, when I, I, I go back to the what Dan always told us, you know, when you do this, this is how it makes me feel. Or when you don't do this, this is how it makes me feel. And it's about opening up the conversation. And I know in the past I've thought, if I say that, she'll leave. Is it really worth the argument? It's not going to change anyway. Well, and that's the thing is, and that's what I was just sitting here thinking. We carry on a conversation in our heads that a lot of times are absolutely not true. But we assume and we think, well, he's handled it this way before, so I'm not going down that road again. 
or this is how he's going to handle it. And I don't want to upset him. I don't want to put him in a bad mood. I don't want to do this, that, or the other. He's going to react this way or whatever. When in reality, if you just bring it up, it generally goes the totally different direction. You are assuming that something is going to go a certain way and you have a conversation in your head that Satan loves nothing better to be, than to be involved in. And so you just don't either speak up. That's how I, I mean, I used to not have conversations because just out of fear of what he would think or getting up, him getting upset or him being disappointed or whatever the case may be. When in reality, if I would have just spoke up, one, I would have felt better. And two, it probably wasn't going to go half as bad as what I had conjured up in my head. Oh yeah, most definitely. And, and that's where, you know, we, we create the story based off the past. And, um, you know, it's, it's very quickly, it's like, okay, God can't change them. They're going to say no, or they're going to get mad, or they're going to dot, dot, dot. Why waste the time? But those are moles hills that that one instant may not be a big deal, but then you put it in your pocket and you're going to hang on to it. And then the next one happens. Well, I'm just going to put it in my pocket. I'm not going to deal with it. Then all of a sudden, you've got this mountain between you and your spouse over molehills that truly don't amount to diddly or shit. I mean, truly, they don't. But yet, you're, you're making such a huge issue in your mind of now it's went from something that wasn't that big to this huge problem, and I'm not sure our marriage is going to make it, and you've never even talked to your spouse. And I think, you know, again, I, I go back to if you're not doing something, if Noah would have heard from God but never started building the ark, how would it have changed history? Same way in your marriage. You know, he built that ark one board at a time. and But your marriage is the same way. And you've got to build that based off of having conversations. You know, when Susan used to do this to me pretty regular, I know this is going to make you mad, but I need to say this. Okay, that put me on warning that I needed to shut up and listen and not react because I'm bad about just reacting. That's who I am. But it allowed her to say, and I'm telling you 90% of the time I truly was like, Oh, I don't care. Yeah. I'll be more glad to. Yeah. No big deal. 90% of them weren't even a thought process of, do I really want to do this? It's like, "Eh, sure. I can do it. Yeah. Or yeah, go ahead and do it. I don't care. And, but to her, it was this mountain. It was this weight. It was this, holy cow, what am I going to do? When really at the end of the day, a conversation turned it into nothing. Well, and we kind of have went from waiting to communication, which is, you know, 
all part of it. Um, but I guess I feel like we're getting ready to wrap up. Um, my, my question, it would be, and really pause and think about this. Wh what do you do in the waiting process? Because we all have to wait on something. Um, you know, we all have a, a decision that has to be made or a move of some type. Kids getting ready to go back to school. Teachers getting ready to go back to school. This whole COVID thing. Um, what are you waiting on? And how, what are you doing during the waiting period? Because I can tell you again, I have feel like I have failed miserably. And God is really um, molding me in this and um, almost asking me, okay, Susan, you know that you have not done the greatest job in waiting on me through this. Starting today, what are you going to do differently? How are you going to get better at waiting? Because... It's still a process. We still don't know for sure what the end looks like or when the house is going to close or whatever. What am I going to do starting today? I know I've failed. I know I've not done well. Okay, so what starting today am I going to do to do better in the waiting period? Well, and somebody needs to hear about this communication. And, and you know, the thing is, at the end of the day, my question is, again, what Susan said, what are you going to do different? When are you going to have the tough conversation? And you really, I highly recommend saying, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of concerned about saying this. Put them on warning. Because that's the thing is, when you do that, you kind of set the situation up for we need to have a discussion. And I'm concerned about how you're going to react. And and it doesn't matter how they react. Because what I found, what, what we get mad or say no about in the instant, God works with on the long term. Because the more God molds them, he can put stuff in their life where they hear stuff that they, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's where the conversation changes. Could it blow up into a big to-do? Absolutely it can. We're humans. But if it does, then you, just, you, you have released that, which is healing in itself. Correct. It, it's about baby steps. It's not about instant resolutions. And uh, so we've, we've missed a couple of weeks because of our situation and we're trying to figure out how to get back on track to do it weekly because we really enjoy them and we hope you enjoy them. Um, no, Susan may not enjoy them. <laughs> I love them because I know somebody's being helped on the other side. What we've been through is not just to be burned into the ground. It's our mess is our message. So I love doing them uh, because I'm curious what God's doing. And so... If you guys could like, share, share with a friend, we would love to have uh, people that need to hear something different to be there. Well, you guys have a great week. God bless.